0: All right, time for Baldry's Beat. Keith Baldry, Legislative Bureau Chief for Global News. Good morning, Keith. Good morning. Let's talk about the uh, the travel restrictions in place in British Columbia. So this kicked in last week. The province has been carved up into three sort of travel regions. You're not allowed to travel outside of your home region. For non-essential travel, mm-hmm. and we continue to hear about these police roadblocks and checkpoints that are coming. Maybe later this week. Is that what you're expecting? Or
1: yeah, Mike Farmer's Public Safety Minister, told me yesterday thinks perhaps Friday is, but again, it could be tomorrow. But it's, again, it's not a lot of earth-shatteringly new stuff that's going to come out. We know he's already pointed out there's there's only a limited number of routes into Metro Vancouver that are going to be affected by this. It's going to be Coquihalla Highway, Highway One. Uh, and it, it's not going to be checkpoints in downtown Vancouver or Burnaby. And they're not going to like be like that. twenty-four hours a day no, either. No,
0: they're
1: going to be like now and like occasional at p- probably peak traveling time. And no. again, it, 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 BC Ferries also, of course, uh, is going to have some some monitoring there. Again, the expectation is you're not going to see a lot of people traveling. I mean, people are not traveling in great numbers right now. The goal is to keep it down to only essential travel. There's going to be people who are going to try to skirt the rules as they've been skirting
0: the rules since day one, but it's not a lot of people. Okay, let's listen to John Horgan here speaking yesterday. The Premier was asked about the enforcement at the ferry terminal specifically, and here's what he had to say.
1: We're collaborating and focusing on finding the best way forward. Mr. Farmer has also met with representatives from the bike park community to hear their concerns, and we've incorporated that in how we've uh, constructed the orders and how we'll deal with enforcement. And then it will fall to law enforcement to make their choices about how they will implement that. At ferry terminals, of course, we have mostly RCMP, but the Delta Municipal Force would be uh, called upon in Tawasin, and the... West Vancouver force will be called upon at uh, Horseshoe Bay.
0: Okay, interesting to hear them talk about specific police mm-hmm. forces, and they may be deployed here to provide enforcement at ferry terminals. If, right?
1: if needed. And again, the expectation yeah. is we're not going to see a lot of confrontations. We have seen some confrontations on BC ferries. Uh, anti-maskers, for example, uh, have, have
0: created a bit of a disturbance at times, but very, very small number of incidents. Okay, and we already saw... On BC Ferries, BC Ferries reporting on the weekend that they did turn back Mm -hmm. a handful handful of travelers as they termed it. So I don't know what that is. Single digits, maybe a small number of people were not allowed to get on the ferry, maybe because they... They had a recreational vehicle and they're told you can't get on. Yeah, that, that's probably the most likely
1: reason. Again, we're talking about a small number. I think, uh, people are thinking this is a bigger deal than it actually is going to turn out to be.
0: Okay. It was also interesting. You heard Horgan refer there to consultations with the BIPOC community. So black, indigenous per- persons of color who have raised concerns about these roadblocks. Could these roadblocks discriminate and disproportionately stop? Let's, let's say, um, persons of color who are driving, right? Now, one of the things he said there is that we have consulted, we're drafting the orders in order to respect that, and I think what you're going to see here, tell me what you think, but Farnworth told me on the show yesterday that, these roadblocks are going to stop everybody, mm-hmm. right? So it's not like the police are going to say, pick no, someone out and no. say, you, pull exactly. over, I want no. to talk to you. Is like a they're going to stop everybody.
1: It's like a counterattack program. Nobody gets to avoid the counterattack. You have to go through, you're going to be talked to, so it's going to be everyone. Now, it's conceivable that commercial trucks will be waved through because they are essential services and obviously emergency vehicles, but no, if you're on a highway and you have to go through this roadblock, everyone's going to get stopped. The numbers seem to be going in the right direction. Is that right? Like they're trending down? Yeah, so the daily case number uh, is dropping. Uh, Sometimes, some days it goes up a little bit. But generally, over the last couple of weeks, it's been going down consistently. Uh, The number of active cases, uh, which is that 14-day period, that's been going down significantly. The number of people in self-isolation because they've got the virus or they've been in close contact with someone who's got the virus and they've been exposed to it, that's gone down like 22% in in, uh, about 10 days. So, again, those numbers are going down. What's concerning is the hospital numbers continue to be high 500 people in the hospital yesterday. And there's, you know, people go in and out of hospital all day long. So the number of people going to the hospital is actually not reflected in the daily case number. And the number of people in ICU is still quite alarming 164. But again, we're not in the situation that Ontario finds
0: itself in. What do you attribute the, the trends here, the numbers going down a bit? Well, I think the
1: circuit breakers obviously played a role because there is less transmission. So um, people
0: are getting the message and they're not, by they're they're not large, gathering.
1: By and Yeah. First of all, you just look at how many restaurants were open with people sitting there, not yeah. obeying the um, single household rule. I don't know about yeah. you. I see people all, even outdoor uh, patios right now, they're not living in the same household. These right. are friends gathering. Yeah. That was taking place indoors and there was uh, transmission taking place. So And also, Dr. Bonnie Henry this week said the uh, contact tracers who interview people who have COVID-19 are picking up the fact that the people have fewer contacts now So than they were a few weeks ago. So if you have fewer contacts, the virus is not going to spread as much, and that's what we're seeing. Okay,
0: more people getting vaccinated too, right? So yep. we're up to, what, 30% of 30, the population? Oh, more than that, is resi- 30, 30. 37%, wow,
1: almost, 36.5%. Okay. We're doing about 1% a day going to slow down a little bit this week because we don't have as much as many doses but um, next week we're going to be double the Pfizer doses 275,000 a week from 138,000 um, Moderna is supposed to arrive uh, at the end of this week about 82,000 doses of that Johnson and Johnson the Janssen vaccine should arrive next week that's only about 40,000 doses is going to be BC share and that's a single dose vaccine and that will likely go to people who it will be hard to give a second dose to if they were to have one of the other vaccines, and that's likely people who work in um, out in the woods and work camps, remote work mm-hmm. camps and such. People who fight forest fires, uh, perhaps commercial truck drivers. That's who's probably going to be the forty thousand to get the single dose.
0: One of the things that the government is saying, and I heard this from Farnworth, I heard it from Horgan this week, that what we want to do is have a somewhat normal summer, like save mm-hmm. the summer, Horgan said, yeah. and. You know, Farnworth told me this week that by the May-long weekend, which is not that far off, you'd have, hopefully have 60% of the population has received the first mm-hmm. dose of the vaccine, I and mean, that's pretty significant. Yep. Like, you know, are we seeing kind of the... I hesitate to say it, but is are we seeing the light at the end of the tunnel now?
1: Oh, I think so. Right. We got, we, we've got we um, got... I did the math yesterday. Uh, people over the age of 70, 82% have been vaccinated. That's a pretty good take-up rate. We're just starting the younger 60s and the 50s, and we're about 50% already uh, in a relatively short time. Now we're seeing more people. One of the keys here is to get more AstraZeneca here. We don't have no. – basically, we're out of AstraZeneca, and there's no guarantee on the horizon it's going to come. Uh, the expectation that it is going to come. Another big shipment we're waiting for the states to send their AstraZeneca because it hasn't been approved in the states. There isn't an expiry date on these doses, and Biden – has said he wants to send them to Canada and Mexico. Now, there's also pressure to send them to India because yeah. India is in a yeah. severe crisis right now. And I don't think Canada would stand in the way of Biden suddenly switching gears and sending it to uh, India. But clearly... Uh, the, the the desire is to have as many doses here as possible and to get them in the arms of, of people as quickly as possible let
0: me get your let me get your take on a vaccine passport concept and we've seen other countries do that we're seeing europe getting in on this we see uh, israel is very specifically has brought forward uh what they call a green pass which mm-hmm. is like a barcode that people carry with them if you receive the vaccine they scan your barcode and then you're allowed to go into like a bar or a nightclub or a restaurant or a sporting event and trudeau was asked about this this week and he does again the government not really ruling this out clearly on the timetable and the agenda for the government here let's listen to Trudeau here first here's what he's had to say about a vaccine passport certificates of vaccination are a part of international travel to certain regions and uh, are naturally to be expected when it comes to uh, this pandemic how we actually roll that out in alignment with partners and allies around the world uh, is something that we're working on right now to coordinate
2: sounds like a yes it will likely happen
0: uh, we are working on it on a scientific basis, and we will have more to announce when we have to announce. Okay, that's
1: a that's a long way from an Israel type passport. There's remember, there's two different types of passports here. There's international, which is common for yellow fever, for example. If you travel in s- certain South American, you can't cross that border without your yellow paper. Now, but there's also a domestic passport, which is, I think, a little more problematic and controversial to say, you know, you can't go into a theater or a restaurant unless you have that passport. I don't think that's what he's talking about. I think he's talking about international travel, which is much more common.
0: Right. And which... Canada may not have any choice but to bring in some yeah. sort of an international travel vaccine passport. If other passport.
1: countries have that, well, yeah. other countries are going to have to follow If they're
0: requiring through. it, yep. you know, if other countries are saying you've got to show uh, proof of vaccine to get into the country, well, obviously we'll have to issue proof. But again, it's different right? than a domestic passport. Yeah. Okay. So we're watching that one closely. All right, as Baldry's beat, Keith Baldry from Global News, and the phone lines are open, 604-280-9898 is the number, 604-280-9898, star 9898, on your cell, Chris in Surrey. Hey, Chris. Hi, guys. Hi. Hey, I'm 67 years old. I'm a cancer survivor. I've been trying for two months to book my appointment for a vaccination
1: online with no success. I don't know how people are doing it. My question for you, Keith, is will the government actually send me an appointment to get my vaccination because I, I've given up. For
2: two months I've been trying, I've given up. Hmm.
1: Well, that's unfortunate to hear. I mean, this, you certainly should be, have got your booking by now. Are yeah. you on the government get get vaccinated uh, website? Yeah, online I, I have my claim file number and everything. So I, I haven't received anything from the provincial health officer. You know, you and how did, you want, how did you want to be notified? Was it by, by text or email? Yeah, by email. Hmm.
0: And well, I haven't to, got it. And check so your junk file. Check your junk it. folder. Have you checked your junk folder? Oh, yes. Yes, I have. Okay. <laughs> I'm just checking because that's weird. Like, I yeah. think you should have got the shot by now already. Right? Yeah. 67.
1: Definitely. Um, if you want off air, you should uh, give the producer your your contact numbers, and I'll see what I can do.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Send me an email. Okay, Chris? Mike at com. Okay, thank you. Okay. Um, thank you. M- Mike in Maple Ridge. Hey, Mike. Hello? Mike. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, it's, uh, we're in Richmond here. Quick question for you. I'm inoculated.
2: I've had my first shot. Again, a cancer survivor of 29 years, twice over. We have some uh, uh, property we lease up country. At 38 acres, there's 10 trailers on this property. We've had some rain and windfall damage. How do I go about uh, evaluating if I need the insurance company to come in and.
0: Uh, Ooh. Yeah, you know what I'm
2: saying. Yeah. Um, I can fuel up in Chilliwack. I can. We can get there. My wife's inoculated, also. We can get there without uh, stopping anywhere. Um, same thing on the way back. Okay, no no yeah, contact with anybody. I don't, I don't know what to
1: do. A, you're the third person to contact me with with uh, recreational property that suddenly has damage and insurance is involved. And I honestly don't know what the answer is. I mean, it's not spelled out on the on the restrictions in terms of whether that's an exemption. Well, I don't exemption. think that
0: would be essential
1: travel. Well, if it's involved with an insurance claim and, and financial really? risk, perhaps. Again, we don't know the answer. To that that is, you know, that is not on the
0: list. Here's the other thing, though, uh, is like the Farnworth told me yesterday, the police at these roadblocks will have discretion and they will use common mm-hmm. sense when they're talking to people and allowing them potentially to go through the roadblock, right? Now- you know, like if someone says to a cop, well, "I'm going to check on a recreational property," I'm not sure what the cop's judgment is going to be on something like that. Yeah, it but may if you vary say, from
1: "Police officer to police officer," it, anybody remember the days when
0: we went through the U.S. border?
1: You'd get a different response from a border agent one day and a different response from a border agent the next day.
0: Well, you know what? It still comes down. You don't have to provide proof of where you're going or what you're doing. It doesn't sound like it no. anyway. So at the end of the day, it's still going to be kind of an honor system it is. in a way. And and Farnworth has compared it to the checkpoint, the, the, uh, the counterattack checkpoint for drunk driving. And I wonder how many people have dri- driven up to one of those checkpoints that maybe they've had a drink or two. And the police officer says, have you had anything to drink today? And what do you think is the usual answer to that question? The answer is no. And then the cop waves you on your way. So now I wonder if, you know, people might go up to these roadblocks and the, and the officer might say, are you on essential travel? And the person will say, yes, I am. Yeah, and well, the and police officer said, "Go ahead." And that's
1: probably how it's going to work. Why? Well, I, I don't think the police are really interested in having lengthy conversations with motorists.
0: They just want to get yeah. the, uh,
1: uh, people through.
0: Well, I wonder if they might say, "Okay, well, what is your essential travel?" And if the person says, "I'm going to check on an elderly relative," that's well, fine. That, that clearly fits fits yeah. the so criteria. I,
1: so this caller may get through as well. I know.
0: I'm not counseling you to lie. Okay, I'm just I'm just talking about what I think it might be the reality mm-hmm. of how this unfolds. Susan and Burnaby.
2: For everything you both of you do, um, uh, yeah, you got it right that, you know, if you're a good liar, you're going to get through. <laughs> yeah. I think at the beginning we should have been a strict parent, you know, and now I honestly think that they should be checking people's driver's license. And I'm sorry if your driver's license says you're living in Burnaby and you're going to the Okanagan, you got to turn around. Like, it's plain and simple. I mean... What if you're
0: on essential travel? What if you say to the police officer, I'm going to visit a sick uh, relative and check on them?
2: Well, then you know what? Then you mean if they live alone?
0: Well, no. What I'm saying is, like, you're saying check their driver's license, and if they live in Burnaby, tell them to go back. But what if they're on an essential trip?
2: Right. And that's my question. Cause I work in yeah. a care home. I was going to say, you know, if they live in a care home, then, you know, you get the, 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 phone number. But again, at the end of the day, if you're a good liar, it's, you're going to get
0: through. I mean, you know, that might be the reality. I, I just think
1: at the end of the day, though, a lot of people just aren't going to uh, do it. Just say, what's what?
0: It's not worth the inconvenience. It's not well, worth the long lineup that's going to be at the Kauai or Highway. And one. by the way, the government is saying it's already working because they saw less traffic on the ferries on the weekend. They've seen lots of hotels canceling mm-hmm. reservations. Tofino, so the government is saying it is working. Tafino saying they don't have any visitors. Yeah, let's which go is to the goal. Cliff and Ladner. Hey, Cliff.
1: Uh, About the passport. I'm absolutely for the passport. If anybody is silly enough not to get a vaccine, then they don't deserve to be on the same airplane as people who've gone to trouble and and, and they just shouldn't be allowed to infect other people. They made Mm -hmm. a choice. Well, live with it. Yeah, I think an international passport is probably inevitable, given the new reality we're we're all in. Domestic, though, I'm not convinced we're going to see that.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'll be surprised if we get into a situation where if you're going into a hockey game, you have to have Mm -hmm. your vaccine barcode scanned at the turnstile.
1: No, if we're in a situation where 70%, 80% of the population is vaccinated, I don't think you're going to see a domestic passport at all.
0: Keith, thanks for coming in. All right, that's Keith Baldry, and that's Baldry's Beat.